Hello, everyone. My name is Hank Settela, and I am here with Brian Edwards, who's my brother on the path who has been traveling the world. We find him now in Hawaii. So I thought this will call this a midnight meanderings. Uh, for him, it's only six o'clock, but it's midnight for me here over uh, Eastern Standard Time. Brian, how are you, sir? Aloha. Greetings from Hawaii. Uh, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm uh, in this blissful Eden paradise. It's pretty awesome over here. I know just a couple of years back, he was in Mexico for a while. He spent almost a year or maybe over a year in Australia. And now he finds himself in Hawaii. And he's been traveling the world, basically, uh, finding different shamans and uh, gurus and different people to work with and learn from. Uh, yeah, it's. I just got back from, well, actually, now I've been in Hawaii for quite a while. Uh, I think I've been in Hawaii for almost a half year, which is really hard to believe. Um, it, it's Hawaii is an, an amazing place. It's a powerful place and a place where things manifest nearly instantly. If you have any sort of focus in your heart, if you're putting energy to your thoughts, it happens almost instantly. And uh, you, it's just divine rendezvous. You run into people. And you're like, hey, do you have a phone? No, I don't have a phone. I'll see you when it's time. And then you, you run into them right when you're thinking of it. Or, uh, it, It's an amazing place here. Wow. And it, it's uh, it's been kind of like a roller coaster watching you go from place to place and all the different things that have been happening to you. I know um, you're really on this for, uh, it's not just like going out to paradise. It's more about the spiritual component. Can you uh, share it? Because... For those of you who don't know, uh, Brandon and I haven't had a chance to talk a lot, so this is basically our chance to kind of catch up and find out what's been going on in the world of Brian. Uh, so what's been, uh, what, what are your uh, spiritual highlights of things you've been learning and doing, all the shenanigans? Um, I, wow, it's been six months here in Hawaii, and uh, it's been a lot of inner work, especially with uh, this last period of kind of turning within and um, with all the chaos, I've chosen not really to throw my two cents in. I'm letting everybody kind of go off on their own way. And then when everybody comes back, then then we can start to have a discussion. Uh, that's not the case here on the Big Island, especially I'm by Puna, uh, where all the Punatics are. And there's this is where the hippie crowd hangs out. Um, uh, it, it's it's been awesome here. It's it really has. I've met so many people that have guided me along the way. I've everybody from uh, well, I mean, pretty much every modality you can think of, uh, along the traditional uh, Polynesian practices here. And I've got one of the main traditions in Hawaii, if I remember correctly, is called Lomi Lomi, which is a type of laying on of hands. Have you uh, ha had any experience learning that? Uh, I have not delved into learning that. A lot of it has been um, the kahuna that I, I've spoken with uh, mostly, or my, my good friend, uh, he's talking, mostly talks about morals, you know, getting your morals in place. He says there's a moral for pretty much everything, a moral for patience, a moral for this. And um, I kind of view it as right thinking. You know, how are you interacting with people? How are you treating other people? How do you react in different situations? Um, and I've had many friends, uh, some new friends recently, and they're helping 
just as you have, uh, hit me over the head when I, I say things incorrectly or I could word it better or I don't need to say something. And uh, it's really kind of about dialing in and becoming more self-disciplined and actually not even more self-disciplined, just more aware. People walk around and they're asleep. And I didn't realize how asleep I was, even though I'm on this spiritual path, getting all kinds of cool information, uh, all this um, high spiritual information. But right now, the biggest most practical thing is learning to kind of be aware and mindful of what I'm doing, what I'm saying, how I'm interacting with people, respecting people on a very deep level, uh, treating them with uh, the respect and listening to them. Uh, it's been almost more about practical information and about right thinking than it has been um, deep spiritual secrets. However, I have experienced that. Um, it's an amazing, powerful place. Uh, there's orbs I've seen around in different places, but here you get these golden stripes of energy that like streak across in front of you. Not everywhere. In some, usually around sacred places, uh, you'll see them. Uh, so there, there's a lot of sacred places, though. A lot of old temples. I haven't studied too much with um, with the Hawaiian traditions, but uh, Harry, who he teaches Lomi Lomi, I got to have a class with him at Lilydale. He shared that with the original Hawaiian language, that there was really no past tense or future tense, and it really was a language and an energy of being in the moment. And, and kind of as you're talking about being aware, that's kind of something that's percolating to the top of my mind from when the class that I took with him. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. Um, a lot of it is focusing on your current situation, leaving the past behind. We are in this new day, day and age. Um, we'll never go back to September 9th. That was a different world. We're never going to go back to what happened before this, um, the idiot apocalypse struck. Um, on the other side of the idiot apocalypse, uh, once we get past all this fear-mongering and craziness, um, the world's going to look a whole lot different. And this time, this time, there's promise that the good guys are going to win. Right now, people don't understand. We're in World War III. You know, I've had people complain that it's like we're in a war zone. Well, we are. You just don't know about it. There's not bombs falling. It's a very different war going on. Uh, behind the curtain, there's a lot happening. Um, so, but the, one of the biggest things during this period of time is people have no common sense. They're they're not thinking. I've seen so many times where people are, you know, they're obsessively hand sanitizing their hands, and then in the store they put their hand in their mouth, or they're wearing their breath mask around their chin. <laughs> Um, so, uh, when you say that, I saw on uh, my way home the other day, there was like a group of maybe, I don't know, 13 kids on bikes and everything, and they all had masks, but they had them off and they were all like within uh, 18 inches talking to each other. So the point is like, um, there's that, that really weird, uh, that fear and that awareness of, of, of what's going on, but people are 
going through the motions but not using uh, you know doing something like that where it's defeating the whole purpose behind wearing a mask potentially and so much of this you know people are like oh i'm hand sanitizing after i go into a store or washing my hands after i go well that's probably stuff you should have been doing already in flu season but all of a sudden this magical new scary bug is out that they cooked up in the lab um allegedly i know you say it's the only conspiracy theory if it's not true but <laughs> so i have no way to prove nor disprove um and, and you know what i would say to things like that is it doesn't matter if it was cooked up in a lab or not uh, the, the the reality is it's uh, yeah. out there and it's a choice of who you're going to be and what you're going to do in creation to having that uh -oh. okay uh i have a car coming in oh car coming in okay oh yeah I, I, this is kind of outside in the carport so i had a nice <laughs> backdrop uh might get loud for a second yeah i just okay. love the backdrop of the uh tea the tea plant it's a very powerful well i'll explain it in a second after the noise strikes okay uh, and if you guys you know, just to create some context to uh brian is somebody that i met years ago and he's been through the shamanic apprenticeship with me he's a trained paco which means a nature mystic uh, from the Peruvian traditions. And then uh, he had an inspiration from spirit and listened to it. And he basically walked away from everything here in the Ohio area, uh, traveled the world of Mexico, uh, spent about a year in Australia, about a half a year now in Hawaii, and uh, just training with all kinds of different spiritual teachers, shamans, gurus from around the world. And uh, we're having these occasional segments now, we're calling it midnight meanderings. And you'll, you'll see from our conversation how it, it kind of just kind of goes on its way randomly and may, may or may not have a clear um, point to point uh, topic discussion. But if you have any anything on your mind, if you want to make a comment, uh, Brian and I can uh, speak to it if you have a question and we'd love the interaction. All right, is all your noise done? Did I stall long enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the uh, the people and dogs are in the house, so we're all good. Cool. Uh, my friend Arthur, where I'm staying here in Hawaii. Very cool. I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, well, you mentioned my journey a little bit. So I, oh, we were talking about the uh, the craziness of what's going on, um, how the world's not going to be the same world, just like September 12th was a very different day than September 9th. Um, corona day plus one is going to look very different than the end of last year. Uh, but this time, hopefully, it changes in a good way. Uh, if, what I would say to everybody, if you have a lot of anxiety and things about what's going on in the world, uh, to give you an access tool, just ask what else is possible, how does it get any better than this, what the current situation I'm in, what choices could I make, what vibration could I be that's going to create the greatest possibilities and realities for myself and for the world. And if you ask those types of questions, the universe is going to deliver experiences to you that you're going to have uh, a little bit more possibility in your life. But getting back to your your story, I know uh, you've been six months in Hawaii, a little bit uh, in Australia before that. Are there any highlights? Like if you had a, because we, we don't have like a forever, of course, on a, our first live stream. Uh, is, is there certain highlights that if people were just going to watch this one time and maybe never tune in for another episode or whatnot, what would you find the most important things to share with them? Well, that, that tool, that access tool, how does it get any better than this? I mean, I can't tell you how many mountains I've climbed and I've been on the top of mountains watching the sunrise, Mount Wollumbin or Mount Warning. Uh, Wollumbin is the actual name of it. Mount Warning is what Captain Cook called it. 
when he came and decimated Australia and did genocide to the people. Uh, uh, so. That's great. I create all that energy. Well, that brings up all that stuff. So no um, charge of that at all. Okay. <laughs> just an aside, access consciousness, they say the definition of uh, true consciousness is the awareness of all that is in the absence of a judgment about it. So just a little reminder as you tap into that uh, genocide energy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's something that's important <laughs> and it's usually forgotten. But Mount Warning, or Wollumbin, I'm on the top of it watching the sunrise. It is the tallest mountain on that side of Australia, I believe, and it is the first place to see the sun in Australia for parts of the year. As the sun moves, there's one other mountain where the sun will rise during the winter or summer, and I forget which it is. But during part of the year, that is the first place you see the sun peek over the horizon. And it is just this amazing experience. So you climb the mountain in the dark usually, and we're talking deep Australian bush, deep Australian rainforest. And yes, there are many things that can kill you in there. So it's this vision quest of facing your fears. And the second time I climbed the mountain was on my 30, the eve of my 33rd birthday. I then did vision quest on the top of the mountain and watched the sunrise. But as you're watching this sunrise, you go, how does it get any better than this? What else is possible? And I'm sorry to tell you this. You didn't have to go to Australia to learn that tool. And hi, Terry. Thanks for joining us. Um, yeah. Okay, squirrel. Yeah, you threw me off there for a second. I know, I know. Um, so not, not only is it the access tool, but what we're taught in the shamanic programs of imbuing an object with that energy. Uh, you know, so you hold the highest gratitude of your heart in your heart, the highest love in your heart, and you uh, then imbue that into that object. Well, if you take that and with the highest gratitude of your heart, the highest love of your heart, how does it get any better than that? And you'll be shown. You'll be shown in very big ways. I can't remember how many times I was in Australia or really anywhere, and I'm like, how does it get better than this? I'm on a mountain in Australia. Uh, in Mexico, and I go, wow, how does it get any better than this? And all of a sudden, I'm in, like, looks like the set of Indiana Jones in this waterfall, and how does it get any better than this? Then I'm shown. Yeah. Uh, just to give people another extreme of that, when you were in Mexico, you were actually robbed at gunpoint at one point, and it threw you off a little bit, but you asked the question, how does it get any better than this? And even that scenario ended up being a great blessing for you, and a great teaching, and, uh, and you really just took that experience and completely transmuted it into something that was really a spiritual experience, even though it was uh, in the moment traumatic. Well, actually, um, believe it or not, it was less traumatic for me than uh, my friend that I was with. Uh, for me, it was like, oh, shit, you know, come on. Uh, <laughs> I got set up actually by a government bus driver. Uh, they were a government employee, and they kind of texted in to have um, – I set up an ambush, took us to the wrong place, uh, and I was used to being crowded. I had this feeling of impending doom, but the lights were going off in the city. So I thought, well, maybe that's just why I felt weird about it. Got off the bus, and all of a sudden I felt a pistol in my back, the cold steel of a pistol. And I'm like, nah, seriously? So, I, and I had options, too. I could have dealt with it with extreme force, and... I got to see all, you know how they say your life flashes before you? 
Well, that didn't happen this time. What I saw was all the timelines I could have chosen to be on. Um, I could have dealt with it with force. And even if I was successful in preserving our lives and taking out both the gunmen, uh, which was actually possible through a series of events, the guy turned his back on me and um, I had my knife, so it would have been not too hard, but I would have killed two Mexicans in Mexico. Uh, turns And turns out they're part of the cartel, we came to find out later. So that wouldn't have been a happy day either. Um, For those of you who don't know, Brian used to be in the Marine Corps, so he's a, a little bit, uh, has some background with being able to take care of himself in that way. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I'm lucky to have my experience because a lot of times I am my 911. If something goes wrong in my adventure, if I break my leg on the mountain, I fall down the mountain, that's it. Uh, game over. Uh, there is no calling for help when I go deep into the bush. Um, oftentimes there's no cell phone signal. So um, it, it's about being confident in yourself and really uh, trusting and believing that everything's going to be okay. Uh, but the, the message I got from that is as I was being robbed and the gun was in my back and on my liver um, and on, you know, then he turned and put it on my friend's head, it was, wait a second, you know, as I'm contemplating, okay, how can I engage these guys? How can I neutralize the threat? You know, if I take that guy out, I can grab his gun, take the other guy out. But then it was like, wait a second. This is just things and stuff. I have insurance. My insurance will cover it. But this actually is a beautiful gift to them. This is going to change their life because this is probably over a year's worth of salary for the both of them. So it changed their life in a very profound way. Uh, they probably found a lot of my uh, goodies. Uh, so that, that might have put the fear of God in their heart. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I did lose some very valuable and sentimental items. Yeah. Well, so uh, you, you lost your Kintu Mesa that was in your bag. And, uh, have yes. you ever actually uh, rebuilt that, or has that just been – I know you are your own Mesa, but have you ever actually uh, had a thought to rebuild it? I have. With uh, cloth I got in Mexico, a beautiful uh, purple or violet cloth with uh, a really colorful pattern. Uh, yeah, I, I have rebuilt it. Cool. So it's uh, – kind of going back and collecting rocks from around the world on my journeys. And uh, I found some very, or I should say I was gifted some really incredible stones. Um, but let me finish the, the uh, robbery. So, you know, I realized, wow, okay, no, this is, why would I even contemplate killing, taking life or risking losing life over material items? And it really kind of dawned on me. It went from, oh, man, how am I going to keep my stuff? And, you know, I can, you know, kill them or, you know, neutralize the threat to, wait a second. Why am I thinking twice about this? This is nothing. Take it and be glad. Um, you know, so it, it really changed my life. And on top of that, I don't want to say I was a hoarder, but my possessions were very important to me, having a house full of stuff. And over my experience, I went from a house full of stuff down to an RV. Uh, in 2017, I kind of went on walkabout across America, traveling from powwow to powwow, 
um, learning from a lot of different Native American elders and teachers, and that was an amazing experience. Uh, came back, went to, I almost took a cross-country motorcycle ride over to Oregon and spent the winter over there, but the motorcycle blew up. Actually, the whole situation blew up, and I found out that that wasn't the way to go. Uh, it might have had to do with the, the alterations to the fuel system that you made. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's I, a whole separate I story. Have it running on a fuel vapor system, and that was really cool. It was actually the most amazing motorcycle you could imagine. It had an external fuel tank plumbed into the fuel system. So it had nine gallons of gasoline, uh, 55 gallons of storage, and um, 10 gallons on the side. I had a, a rack on the front. I had my GPS, a giant windshield. So this thing was ready to cruise and a custom uh, memory foam seat. So that was, I, I love that thing. How about the seat, right. Uh, okay. But I was supposed to go over there and that didn't work out because shortly thereafter that I had my Mexican adventure. So I went to Mexico, got to travel around central Mexico, learning from many different spiritual traditions. The, uh, the Toltecs, the Michicas, Macumbos, the Spiritistas, um, little old abuelita healing, uh, the little granny healing. Uh, so it... Uh, I, I get to learn so many different ways. And over in Mexico, they have clinics like you would go into a health clinic, but it's spiritual practitioners like shamans, like shamanic practice that the general public goes for treatment. So sometimes instead of going to a doctor, they go to this clinic, which is completely recognized. It's part of their life. It's not like some fringe in society. This is like going to a doctor. It's really amazing. So I had all kinds of uh, epiphanies and growth there. Uh, made it out just barely, but I made it out, got back. Um, I connected with uh, a special someone in Australia and went over there, and that was um, – a very great learning experience and it went in a much different way than I had thought it would. Uh, I actually got to go on walkabout for a good amount of the time in Australia. Uh, I was uh, north to Gympie, south to Lennox Head, just south of Byron Bay, all the way west to Toowoomba, and of course Brisbane was on the ocean. So um, Brisbane is, uh, uh, the Brisbane area is just gorgeous. Uh, south of Brisbane is amazing. When you get down into the Byron Bay area, Springbrook, uh, that's also where Mount uh, Wollumbin is. There's so many amazing, fun adventures in Australia. You actually sent me a little care package and one of the things, I forget what it's called, but you whirl it around and it's like, Whoa. Oh, yeah, the bull roar. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, you sent me one of those. And I, I played with it a little bit. I haven't quite gotten... Uh, my wife doesn't let me play with it inside the house so much, so I got to go out when the weather's nice and uh, do it outside. Yeah, the uh, when you it, it's uh, actually um, uh, as far as I understand, uh, a lot of different things. It's used in ceremony, and there's uh, men's ceremonies and there's women's ceremonies. The they take as an initiation, they take the uh, sun out into the wilderness out into the bush and they have a ceremony and they use that as part of the ceremony uh, as far as i understand it opens portals 
uh, they say you can use it to communicate with the ancestors, but if it's opening a portal, well, you just opened a telephone line to the other side. Uh, I, I actually have a very funny story with mine. I was on my 33rd birthday doing vision quest, and I was deep into the experience. We'll just say it that way. Um, and uh, yes, there may have been little saints and uh, grandfather involved uh, simultaneously. Uh, so in the middle of the night, I'm doing this ceremony, connecting with the ancestors. You get up there and you can just feel the ancestors surrounding you. So I'm uh, up there just spinning this, using it like a meditation, connecting. And all of a sudden, I see a flashlight coming up over the mountain. I didn't think at that point in time anyone would be there for another at least two hours. But all of a sudden, this guy shows up, and it scared the living daylights out of him because, you know, it's kind of an otherworldly sound. Uh, you've got it to make the sound, right? Yeah, it's a, it's indescribable. It's yeah, but it's a really cool. And you this guy came up and almost had a heart attack. It scared the living daylights out of him. So that that part of my journey kind of had to go into actually socializing and act semi-normal instead of running around in journey space and uh, so that, that was an amazing experience. Uh, so, yeah, I almost got to spend another year in Australia. I had uh, filled out all the paperwork for my visa, but then it just uh, it didn't work out that way. Uh, during my vision quest, I got the message that it was time to go to Hawaii. Uh, so instead of using that money to buy the visa to stay another year, uh, my visa was running out, and it was like, uh, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. So I, halfway in between Ohio and Australia was Hawaii. So uh, it was the nearest place under the American flag, and here's where I landed. Cool. And I think um, this is going to be where you're going to uh, put down roots finally, or is it just another stepping stone to the next part of your adventure? I'm in a state of allowance, or I'm trying to remain in that state of allowance, and um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I might come back to the mainland when it finally warms up and, um, you know, the idiot apocalypse comes to an end. Uh, I might come back, visit everybody, and um, go on a cross-country road trip, visiting friends and catching up with loved ones. Uh, so I, I might come back, do that. I would love to work with you when I get back, maybe teach classes or just do um, catch up. It would, it would be awesome to... Go on adventures again. Go on, uh, uh, have shenanigan time. <laughs> yeah, Brandon, I, I have we haven't gotten to do too many adventures, but we've gone to places like Serpent Mound and uh, other little natural hotspots that have uh, been really cool little teaching experiences. My favorite was when we were at the Serpent Mound, and uh, as soon as we start the ceremony, the rain started pouring down. I, I don't know exactly what happened. I remember waking up basically on my back in the middle of a rainstorm and I didn't even know what happened. I even checked the bottom of my shoes. I thought, did I get hit by lightning or something? I'm not even, I don't even know. And you were just gone. You were like all the way down at the end of the mound at that point. But, uh, that, that was like a highlight for me. I'm like, I don't know what happened, but I'm sure it was good. <laughs> just something really energetic you know, kind of hit me with that. That place is incredible. Uh, it, it's in the middle of an impact crater. So an asteroid came down and hit when it was the ocean, 
And when it hit, it pushed up all the heavy minerals up to the surface. So there's a lot of uranium, uh, probably plutonium, iridium, gold. So a lot of these high vibration minerals got pushed to the surface. So when you go there, it feels like your skin is crawling. You can actually feel the energy on you and it, it buzzes. Um, and spending one day there, you have about three days worth of hair growth on your face uh, after spending a day there. So it really is like, okay, how's it affecting you? I mean, you see this. It it's didn't not help just... me if anybody's wondering. It didn't do anything up there, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, if you, ever, uh, if you ever go down to Superman, uh, one of the other things to do if you're watching this and you think, oh, Superman sounds great, there's this little cemetery uh, close to the mound. It's like, and there's this big hill with a tree on the top. And if you drive up to that hill, it's like the perfect vantage point. And looking out, you can see the entire impact crater. Uh, like you're, you can see that you're in the center because you see where the walls all lifted up on the outside of the crater. You're down in the middle, and then where the serpent mound is, it all got pushed up, and that they built the, the serpent right on top of that little uh, plateau with the river right next to it. It's really an amazing hot spot. And the, it there's so many ley lines intersecting at that place, so it's a very uh, high energy place. On top of being the impact crater. Along with that is it is a dolomite limestone plateau, so it is very conductive to lightning strikes. So as we're on this, lightning was crashing all around us, and we're talking it was really close. And here we are doing ceremony at the Serpent Mound, having these lightning strikes charging the mound as we're there. That was an incredible experience. Yeah, and our teacher Zane would say that when you have when you go out for initiations or for that type of work, that when nature comes out and meets you, it's like a positive omen. Like our very first weekend when we were starting the apprenticeship program, like I think it's going on six years ago now, four years ago. Uh, but it was snowing so bad that the boat to the island had stopped where we were going to go to our cave. And we, we were lucky that the boat just started going as we got there. And uh, Zane said it was like an, an amazing omen that the nature spirits had come out to meet us in that way. That was, uh, I remember that experience. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, except for when you try to collapse the cave. <laughs> but it, all, all joking aside, we go down into this big geode cave and uh, there's Brian, myself, and I think we had one other person with a conch shell uh, blowing these conch shells down in the, uh, in the crystal geode cave underneath the winery out in Putin Bay. It was, it was fun. Yeah, so all these crystals around us were resonators, and it was amplifying and charging these crystals. So we're in this cave surrounded by crystals. I mean, some of them are probably about that big in this geode. So I was playing a crystal bowl, which is crystal, causing all the other crystals to resonate around us, along with my shell. I had an extra shell that I let someone use. Did you bring yours? I can't remember. I, I, I had one, too. So we had all this sacred sound in this place, and it was just charging and activating. Uh, it uh, really sent us into an altered state. It was such an amazing experience. Right. And it also showed me some life in the cave that we wouldn't have known about otherwise, because apparently like you wouldn't think anything is alive in a cave like that. But as all the vibrations occurred, all these little, uh, they call them cave spiders, or the, they came out of the, the, the cave, like they're all over the place, all, all these spiders everywhere. And apparently they live on these little mites that are in the cave, but we would never have been aware of that life had we not uh, kind of charged up that cave, activating with all the, uh, uh, the, the horns and whatnot. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was a very amazing experience. And we're about to start it again, though we're starting virtually this year. We had to bump off the apprenticeships uh, in-person initiations, so probably May, but we're going to start energetically virtually on uh, Friday. So we got a pretty good group, about 12 people this time around. Oh, that's good. That really taught me the subtleties of energy. Uh, before that, I was kind of just a one-trick pony. I mean, I used intuition, but I didn't, I, you know, I had access to push energy. But that was about it. Whereas going through this, it taught me a much different way of understanding. It gave me a, a foundation to springboard off of. And it gave me an understanding that there was more and that I didn't know all the answers. So I started to look and search. And now here I am. I didn't realize it was six years ago. Here I am in Hawaii. Yeah, it's been a long time. And I did post it for anybody uh, watching this on the replay or the couple people that are with us now. If you are interested in any classes, um, I posted a link to my website with a Connecting with the Sacred. It's a virtual six-week class that Zane's offering since we couldn't start the apprenticeship. He's doing this standalone offering. And you'll be interested, Brian. He's actually teaching something from the first uh, level of the priesthood, which I've never seen him teach before. Of how to build a Taiwan Mesa or Corners Mesa. So it's similar to the what we built in class, but it's from the first level priest perspective. And then so the, all the shamanic students are going to be able to start the apprenticeship already having their, their little uh, medicine bundle. Uh, and it's just going to be a whole interesting uh, new method of delivering all the content because I've never seen them teach anything about the first level tradition at all. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version uh, after I go through it. Oh, cool thing. I might have a center where I can do classes. Um, I'm, I'm talking to him. They mostly do horticultural classes and stuff like that. But there may be a possibility that it's a retreat. So people could actually come and stay at this retreat. And I could do weekend classes here in Hawaii on the big island uh, just outside of Puna. Is that, uh, is, is that the, considered the big island? I don't know my islands with Hawaii. Yeah, so. this is the island of Hawaii. Um, the It is the largest island. It is the farthest south island. Uh, it is, back in the day, this used to be Maui Nai. A lot of the islands were combined together. And as the waters rose to different levels, it separated the islands. So back in the day, in the civilizations that existed before this civilization that we know of, they lived on the land in between the islands. And this is evident. So it's not just a book, you know, by Plato talking about Atlantis, you know, that, oh, there's probably Atlantis. No, there's underwater temples. They call them underwater heiaus here. The temples are heiaus. And it's not just like, oh, they're out there somewhere. No, there's people that know exactly where these underwater temples are from that Maui Nai period or the land of Mu. So a lot of people know that Hawaii or is, you know, from a previous civilization. Actually, I would say two iterations ago, because it predates even Atlantis. Uh, this was well, I mean, who knows how many before that there was, but uh, let's say at least two iterations of civilization before this one. And there's temples to prove that it was here underneath the water. And these waters are not 
the calmest. It's it's not your Caribbean Ocean where you can go out and there's some nice soft waves. Some of the areas on the island are thrashing. Uh, the oh, I can't remember the name of the channel, but the channel between the Big Island and Maui. Yeah, you can actually see island to island here. It's really cool. Where I was for most of my time here in Hawaii was up in uh, Havi in the northern tip in the North Kohala region. Just beautiful. I love it up there. Almost every day is sunny, and if it's not sunny, you can go 10, 15 minutes down the road into the Hawaiian desert, and it is almost always sunny there. And in fact, if it's rainy over North Kohala, you go down into uh, Mahakona or uh, Kapa'a Park, where you can go swim in the ocean or even just watch the sunset, you turn around and look back towards North Kohala, there's almost always a permanent rainbow when it's raining in North Kohala. So, uh, very cool. And as you're going down, well, actually, there's a road going from Havi over to um, Waimea, and you can see Mauna Kea and this beautiful valley. And if you take the high road, you see all the resorts down by the ocean. One of my favorite drives up here. It is so spectacular. I know you almost had a boat, but it didn't quite work out. Are you still looking for uh, something that you would be able to go out and try to explore some of those underwater temples on your own? Um, for that, I would most likely just swim to them. Uh, I, I might coordinate with people with boats or kayak because the waves are – there is high risk potential in what I want to do. Uh, the waves are very large. I'm a pretty strong swimmer. So with my snorkel gear or maybe good scuba gear drop in, and once you're below uh, the caps of the waves, it's really just kind of pushing back and forth as long as you don't get in an ocean current. Uh, but the sailboat would not have been the boat to explore with. I was really looking to use that as my inter-island RV. So I could live at this island, live at that island, live at that island. And I was told by the harbor master, yeah, that was 20 years ago. They don't let you do that now. Uh, in fact, there's almost uh, no stay aboard or live aboard, and there's very little temporary mooring. So it's not what I was expecting. And uh, he, actually, the harbor master knew my boat uh, that I had tried to purchase, and he goes, why did you buy that? I'm like, well, I wanted to live on it. No, you can't do that. I'm like, ah. Yeah, yeah. So it... it um, it was a lesson. It taught me a lot of things, but I didn't get to live on it. I didn't get to sail between the islands, and I was really looking forward to that. You just uh, but, a, a yet time to that. You haven't been able to sail between the islands yet. What else is possible? What yeah. to be able to actualize it would allow that with ease? When the abundance comes, I'm going to be able to afford the slip to put it in. However, there's a 10-year waiting list. But, you know, people well, sometimes it comes open, and you can jump in line sometimes. So, you know, what, what else is possible? So I'm not ruling it out. I'd love to get a boat, sail down the South Pacific. Uh, get a sailboat, go down to Tahiti, Vanuatu. A lot of journey work is done in Vanuatu. Uh, sail to Fiji. There's a lot of different Polynesian traditions throughout the, the islands down there that I'd love to learn. Continue on down to New Zealand, learn from the Maori. Head over probably to Sydney. Uh, the Blue Mountains there are gorgeous. Sail on up from Sydney up towards Brisbane, visit all my friends, continue on up to the Rockhamptons, Whitsundays, 
uh, Cairns, where the Great Barrier Reef is, circle around over to Darwin, visit Kakadu. And I mean, Bali is just a hop, skip, and a jump from there. So why not head over to Bali? And if you're by Bali, why not continue on to India? And if you've made it as far as India, well, why not head towards the Mediterranean? So once I get the resources and the proper boat to do it, maybe a crew. Um, yeah. Well, you've never needed resources or any proper anything to do what you've done so far. So I start to <laughs> <laughs> all of my adventures have been done on makeshift equipment. And uh, I've learned how to take a dollar and turn it into a million uh, resource wise. <laughs> So, I mean, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. Here on the island, things manifest instantly. I got here and I was told that I would find, I landed at Cinderland, and that place is uh, a really interesting place. A lot of outdoor living, a lot of um, hippie free spirits, and I was told that I would find a place really quick. Uh, so within two days, I manifested a car to use and a place to stay. So he, uh, th this was in uh, Black Sands. This is like Meth Alley. Every morning, it was so beautiful. I mean, the, the people there are so such diligent workers. It's very hard workers. Every time you drive down the street in the morning, there's a whole new set of fresh stripped out cars. So sometimes you'd come in late. And no cars were there. You'd leave early in the morning. And you're like, man, they got that done quick. They stripped out like a half a dozen cars in just a few hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> uh, the, the underbelly of uh, Hawaii. Um, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So I was in the middle of the jungle. So the first time the guy says, oh, can you wash my house for me? I'm going to be gone for a month. And I'm like, sure, that would be great. And he goes, oh, you can wash my car for me too. How does it get any better than this? What else is possible? So he's driving over to the house to show me. It looks like a little kid's treehouse that had never been finished. At I most. Send me the picture of it. Yeah, I sent you the picture. At most, it was three walls. It was completely open, and the mosquitoes were terrible there. You got eaten alive. However, next to there was a bus on the other property, which kind of they had access to. I don't know. Basically, we're squatting. Most people in Black Sands just squat. So I don't know what the story is. Someone supposedly knew who owned the bus. So it was disgusting. I cleaned it up and made it my home. And it was actually really nice. It had a real mattress in it. It was comfy. Um, I set up a makeshift kitchen. I had LED lighting in it. I had some oil lamps. I was super comfy. Unfortunately, I got sick from the VOG. Uh, it's volcanic gas, most, mostly sulfur dioxide. It uh, gave me, made me feel like I had pneumonia. So I was really sick to one day. And I'm like, you know what? I need to get out and I need to find a job. Well, Someone I ran into um, and became friends with, my friend Arthur, uh, he, I got out back into reception, and I was going to go into town and look for a job because I was down to the last of my resources. If I didn't get a job now, I wouldn't be able to have the gas money to get to a job to make money to be able to get to the job. So <laughs> it was you know, kind of building a house out of cards. Uh, so it was like, okay, now's the time. So I'm driving into town. And I got a text from my friend Arthur, and he said, hey, are you looking for work? Yes, please. 
uh, I mean, so yeah, so I was able to turn back around and recover, and then I started working, and just amazing. Uh, everything that that happened. So eventually, I had to pick my friend up from the airport with his car. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this, and I'm going to go on a walkabout. For a, uh, while I have a vehicle, I'm going to explore the island and see what there is. Well, actually, within the first two days, I had to drop him off at the airport. So within two days of being on the island, I got to circumnavigate the whole island. It was really beautiful. Uh, we're driving up through the mountains of Waimea, and uh, it was a full moon when he was leaving. And we turned the headlights off, and we're driving down the road with no headlights on, and you could see everything as clear as the day. The moon was so bright. It was so amazing. Uh, such a beautiful experience. Sounds like a magical place. Hopefully I get to come visit you before you uh, come back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm going to set it up. and Well, actually, I now have the Prius. I have a Toyota Prius. So um, I, I guess that's the next story of manifestation here. Well, part of it. So I got, uh, th that sickness kind of lingered for a while. Um, and I was just thinking, you know, maybe I, I just, you know, something will happen and I'll have to go home. Like maybe I'll just break my ankle and I'll go home and, you know, it, I'll, you know I'll keep my pride intact. Um, because I, you know, at that point in time, I felt if I failed, I wouldn't be forgiven. So I wouldn't be able to forgive myself if I failed. So I had to make it work. Um, but if I, you know, had an excuse to come home because I broke my ankle, then, you know, my pride would be intact and, oh, well, I tried. Um, you have to monitor your self-talk because the next morning, the very next morning, I stepped out of my outhouse and I nearly broke my ankle. Yeah, it manifests quick here. Uh, oh, so when I, quick too. I just noticed how, how much darker it is now from when we started talking. Oh yeah, like six thirty-seven. It gets dark. It's this balance. Um, it's very. I mean, I think it only wavers an hour, winter to summer, um, maybe a couple hours sunset. And the winter, there is really no winter. It's just a little bit more rainy. Uh, it, it's nice, unless you're up in Waimea, then it gets cold. And on, of course, on the top of Mauna Kea, uh, it's it's snowy up there. Uh, anyway, going on with your scary manifestation, you almost broke your ankle, and then you yeah. realized uh, what you were putting out to the universe and chose to change yeah. your tune, I take it. So, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the one day, I had a healing session booked, and I was thinking, oh, man, it would be nice to have power out here. I'd like to get solar panels, or maybe for now, just a generator. So I went to this healing session, and after the session, she goes, hey, I switched to solar, and I have a generator. Would you like to use it? <laughs> yes, please. It, I mean, like instantly, you think of it and it happens here. It's really amazing. But just for anybody joining us or watching this on the replay, the, the, uh, we, we didn't really know what we were going to talk about. We we're calling it Midnight Meanderings because really our conversation is really just me and Brian catching up and uh, just talking about whatever populates. But it's really turned into a conversation of manifestation. And Hawaii seemingly has the energy where when you put your intention out, that it actualizes very quickly, but I would invite everybody watching that you don't have to go to Hawaii to actualize things instantly in your life. It can be just asking that question, what else is possible? How does it get any better than this? Hey, universe, what can you deliver to me to um, bring ease in my life around whatever it is you're looking to create around? And it can be that easy.
just like these stories that Brian's talking about where he talks about getting a generator the next day, he gets a generator. It can be that easy no matter where you are in the world. Did I lose you, Brian? It looks like you froze. Oh no. Brian, come back. Well, we might have lost Brian. As the sun goes down, maybe his solar panels uh, broke up on him. I'll give him a minute to see if he comes back. If you have any questions, you can make them in the comments. And Brian and I are planning to do this. Um, I'm not sure how often, maybe once a week, we'll have like a Tuesday or Wednesday night midnight meanderings where it would just kind of be a, a conscious conversation, a random con conscious conversation. I'm just going to text Brian and see if he's uh, able to pop back on or what happened. Okay, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you now. I thought you had. Uh, uh, am I back? You are back. <laughs> what happened? We were talking about manifestation, and I guess uh, unmanifest yeah. your internet connection. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, and like Louis says, squirrel. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You just got squirreled by spirit. <laughs> and I think you got squirreled again. Are you frozen again? Uh-oh. Maybe spirit's telling us we've meandered long enough. All right. Well, I'm going to message you. Actualize almost instantly. Yeah, you're, you're breaking up really bad now. So I'm going to go ahead. I'll, I'll connect with you, Brian, if you can hear me. I will connect with you on Messenger here in a minute. But I'll go ahead and we'll end for today. I just want to thank everybody for catching the stream. Uh, check out, oh, please uh, subscribe and share uh, the video if you found it inspirational or just entertaining or uh, for any reason at all. And we thank you so much. We hope to see you next time.